Thanks for tuning in today on the Maverick Mesmer Management LLC Music Media Podcast out of Iron Horse Studios in Quincy, Illinois. Stay tuned for more epic, excellent episodes. fabulous friday what you doing tonight in the area check it out check it out check it out anyway we're on the podcast right now and um thanks for tuning in everyone this is going to be an excellent show got a special guest midwest avenue scott ferris um they're playing tomorrow night saturday at down home pub and eatery check them out they're a honky-tonk fiddling blazing country band you don't want to miss it but hey you know there's some other stuff going on too tonight is great white you just heard a little bit of them their best number one hit so check them out at the hannibal barbecue music festival tomorrow will be also trace adkins there but then there's also tonight blues in the park there's music under the stars every thursday in the area in hannibal also september 3rd tracy lawrence comes to on the rail and then there's several other live music events in the area so check them out and stay tuned anyway thanks for joining us today there's been a lot of great music and people coming out this summer two different things so just check all of the awesome stuff out the awesome musicians support them let's also support getting together and community and you're going to hear us talk today with scott ferris about uh about just you know what's it what it is about uh getting together and hanging out with one another and we shouldn't stop that at all so again enjoy your family enjoy this fun friday go out and do something but while you're on the car drive thanks for tuning in to our maverick music podcast and this is going to be an awesome excellent episode but um let's just 
chill out here, talk a little bit about some uh, cool, controversial maybe stuff, I don't know, before we get into talking to our guests. So there was big, big news. Um, the Gym City Concert Series had one of the biggest ever crowds um, in the history of the Quincy event area uh, for Hinder, and it went down as a historical photo that was shared more on mass media of Quincy, Illinois posts than anyone so um, just check out that photo it's um, an aerial shot of thousands of people that came to attend that event but unfortunately the next day we were got the bearer of bad news that um, the mayor of the beautiful city of Quincy decided to give that uh, amazing concert venue space um, to a developer to develop housing um, unfortunately Scott Edlund the owner did not win that battle but he says the show will go on he will find a new space and uh, Quincy Illinois broke the barrier and is on the map with social media uh, with everyone um, you know Hinder said a big thank you to the crowd so anyway just um, just know you were a part of that if you showed up. It was an awesome show, um, and it was an awesome moment in the Quincy, Illinois uh, event scene and events uh, around the community. So, again, there's a lot of good development in Quincy um, with good business owners and um, good things that are going on, but you should probably, though, just take a moment to just say thank you to yourself for um really supporting um, those events and the Gym City Concert Series. There's still one more, so get your tickets for the Tracy Lawrence one on Labor Day weekend, September 3rd. He's coming to town, one of the biggest 90s country stars, so you don't want to miss that. He will be attending that with Annie B. Band. She's originally from Quincy, and she broke the barrier in the music scene. She's she went to Nashville. She's became a national artist and I'm actually uh, going to be talking to an, another Illinois group who actually is Midwest Avenue and they've gone to Nashville. They've recorded an album that will come out later this year and um, me and him are going to talk a little bit on, on what that feeling's like being from a small town but then you... Uh, you uh, go on to record at a uh, reputable uh, recording studio. Um, I've talked to Annie B about that, but I but you'll hear it here from Scott Ferris of Midwest Avenue uh, here in a few moments. But um, one thing, though, you know, I said it's small town. Okay, I mean, you know. I'm not even going to hint on what I'm talking about, but if you heard um, Jason Aldean, um, you know, I'm not going to talk about it because, hey, you know, you probably have already heard the song. You probably already uh, have an opinion of it. I think, you know, um, it's it speaks to the times that that we are actually actually in. I think, you know, my opinion of it. Um, is it is Jason Aldean, but overall, I mean, my opinion of it is um, that he meant it because 
of the times that we're the times that we're in. He, he and I think he did it purposefully, knowing that people were going to talk about it. People were going to um, talk about the the song lyrics, going to talk about what the song is and everything like that. But it's been all over social media, been all over uh, controversial conversations. But hey, he's just getting more popular because we keep on talking about the song and and what the what the issue was about it so we're all, but we're all at the end of the day from a small town that things do happen in and i think overall just people people that know your neighbor know each other know things about one another so you know it might the drama might be increased a little bit i don't know but that might be what jason aldean was speaking to in his newest controversial song so check it out if you haven't, but you probably have already heard about it and you got an opinion even before you listen to the thing. So anyway, at the end of the day, let's uh, go right into our show and um, uh, with a little bit more fun. And so you can check out those other stories I talked about, the Gym City Concert Series, the Jason Aldean song, and also the other events of Quincy and uh, Hannibal, Missouri and the surrounding areas. Um, go check them out. Um, again, like I said, this evening is the Hannibal Barbecue Festival with Great White, Trickster, and No Wake. Um, great bands, so go support that event. And then um, tomorrow at Down Home Pub and Eatery will be Midwest Avenue. And these guys, they're just fun. They're plain out fun guys that have been together um, for a long time. And they've made it a family affair and they um, have a studio album coming out in the fall. So here they are. Without further ado, is my conversation with Scott Ferris from Midwest Avenue.
Hello, everybody. Uh, we're here on the podcast with um, Midwest Avenue singer Scott Ferris. They're coming to Quincy, Illinois this weekend. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be uh, Saturday night, but if you don't catch them, you can still tune back in and uh, listen to m- more of the content that we uh, talk about on today's podcast. Hey, welcome, man. How's it going? Oh, I appreciate you having me on. I'm super excited to be playing this Saturday. I tell you, I think we're going to have a great night that night, and uh, it's our first time playing in Quincy. Um, I had played there years ago, but not as part of Midwest Avenue. It was like a indie pop punk and rock and roll thing, kind of like I did back in my teenage years. We talked about before we hopped on here, um, but all the guys are super excited, and my dad, who was also the drummer in the band, he actually uh, went to Quincy Tech years ago. So uh, it's going to be kind of like a little homecoming for him because he lived there for some years. Well, that's pretty awesome. Um, so, like, what you're saying is you kind of have have the have the old Rivertown feel, and it's time to come back and enjoy it. Because I was going to ask if you have you like ever been here or have been, and like you just hinted on, it's been it's been a minute. It sounds like. So. Uh, Dude, we could probably take you back just to give you a little context of how far, how long ago it was when I was in Quincy uh, playing there. My first time playing there, uh, like, I was a solo acoustic guy playing, like, uh, the emo pop punk stuff. And uh, they had a place, I mentioned it, I'm not sure, it was called Mugshots Coffee Shop. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, I played the little thing there, and I also played, uh, as we talked about, the Blue Monkey Backwaters. Um, and they used to have a coffee shop up town there for a minute called the Washington Perk on Washington Avenue. I oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, and did a little thing there uh, years ago. Uh, but it's the first time coming there. It's been West Avenue. And uh, it's a, I've always liked Quincy as a city. Um, and it's the only town I've ever been in a car wreck that I caused. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't we won't advertise that too much, but um, unless unless you're a better driver now, I don't know. But yeah, it was I wasn't paying attention. I was looking over to see if the Taco Bell was still open. I got done playing one night, and the car had stopped in front of me, and I was going thirty miles an hour, and just kind of bumped into him a little bit. And the funny thing is, is his uncle and my uncle were both friends, and we end up knowing each other, and it's something we laugh about whenever we see each other these days. <laughs> well, and then that's what I was going to say, like, mid- Midwest, you know, um, mm-hmm. talking about your name, Midwest Avenue, like, yeah. you just you just mentioned a Midwest thing. Like, I mean, uh, you know, Midwest is made up of all these little bitty towns that are neighborhoods, that are people that know each other, that people are neighborly you know, all that stuff and community and everything. But, you know, uh, at the end of the day, we're all looking for the Taco Bell that's open at midnight, I guess. <laughs> hey, that's always It's consistent. So I never ate a taco from there that was a little off. It was always good. It's easy to be as the potatoes. So, uh, speaking, like, speaking of just those kind of habits or, like, all that all that uh, vibe, I mean, is that where the name comes from? Like, the, the just the, oh, hey, you guys are, from, like, I mean, you're, you know, from there, what, whatever, yeah. but also just, I mean, I, when I listen to your music, I mean, this is just how I take it, and you can play on for this, is that I take it as, you know, you, when you listen to your kind of music, I mean, it is folky, folky country, or that's what I describe yeah. it as, but 
the lyrics and the verbiages and all that stuff um, and the vibe of it is something that, you know, people from the Midwest would probably really, really be into. I mean, have you have you felt that or like what what is your take oh, on yeah. that? Yeah, or is that where the name came from? Or, I mean, is it something well, totally different? I'll, I'll kind of, I'll touch on the songwriting thing, and I'll jump back and tell you how the name came to be. So, with the songs and everything, lyrically, yeah, we, uh, we write about things that we experience and people that we know. Like, we have a song called uh, Yeehaw that's about, you know, just hanging out in a small town and partying and stuff. And then one of the lines in the verse talks about, uh, we pay the lottery before the rent. And ain't nobody's won it since Jim back in 99 and he bought him a boat, which is a true story. <laughs> and, uh, right. So like, we, we talk about things that we know and, and a lot of people get kicks out of it. And uh, we have Yeah, because who, who, who not in the Midwest has, has said, oh, hey, I got, I got, you know, this $20 in my pocket. So I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go get a scratch on for a gam gamble it and then go yeah. buy go buy something oh dang it like that was just the last of that paycheck or something that's that's right you know yeah. that's the, another song we, our first single this year called money back uh talks about like getting your, your taxes back for those folks are fortunate to do that uh one of the lines in the courses and the bills are piling up higher than Shaq, like you know the old basketball player and uh yeah, it's just, we're trying to write songs that make people kind of be able to relate to kind of like the life that we've lived or people we know have lived. And, uh, but it's got that small town feel uh, from the Midwest. And the way we got the name was, um, it came from when I was a kid, honestly. Me and my cousin, uh, who uh, used to actually be in the band, uh, we used to play music and started to learn how to play piano and guitar and stuff as kids growing up. And uh, we used to go to the Tri-State Rodeo in, uh, I believe it's Des Moines, no, Davenport, Davenport Iowa, mm -hmm. I think is where it's at. Um, and we used to go with my grandparents sometimes with my aunt and my uncle. And we always went for the country stars that played afterwards. We would be at Chris Ledoux, Lone Star. There was a lot of them we saw. But Chris Ledoux was the guy that we went through this one year. And we were just really inspired by his live show and uh, stopped talking about it on the way home. And so we're like, well, we need to come up with a band name because we didn't really have one and we didn't even have any music. We were just maybe 10 and 12 years old or something at the time. And uh, we knew we wanted to use the word Midwest because we're from the Midwest. And then we just came up with Avenue because that Avenue is a place as well. So and so Midwest Avenue it was and it just kind of stuck. It's weird. I never went, went to anything else. It just kind of stuck. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you. Um, so I mean, you you touched on it. Is um, you know this is this is also a family affair, and you just mentioned that yes. you came. Or did you just say that you came up with the name like when you were when you were eleven or twelve? Or, and is that yes. how long you and your dad have been playing together, or? Uh, yeah, well, originally Midwest Avenue years ago, whenever I was, a, I might have been a sophomore, I think in high school, it was, uh, I was on guitar and vocals, my cousin was on on bass and vocals, and my uncle was lead guitar and vocals, and then my dad was on the drums, and my dad's still with us, my uncle went off, he's a professional woodcarver, he travels all over the world, has written like three books, and is the woodcarver, and my cousin went into he got himself a good career and uh went into that aspect he's they all still play 
Um, but I was only one, and my dad's only one crazy enough to try to make a real go of it, you know, <laughs> yeah. for the long term. And uh, we played a lot of operas and stuff as years ago because we were too young to like, play like in any clubs or bars or anything of that nature. And uh, so we found like some of the country operas. We ran out like small rooms that people would use like around our hometown for say like uh, wedding receptions or whatever. So we paid the hundred dollars. Oh yeah, there, and I was going to say there's, uh, there's nothing wrong with supporting music of of all ages or oh, yeah. all all events or or that sort of thing because I think I think sometimes people get into this mindset that oh hey you know like like music is for just sometimes oh hey the going the going out crowd and it's like because we yeah. get older and we think oh hey like like you know me and you were talking off off there at, like my background is in yeah. is in musicals and playing playing cello and and being involved in a whole bunch of uh, production things and like like you just said you know you were involved in you know re- receptions and a whole bunch of oh, yeah. a whole bunch of things, and it's like you know that's I think one of the biggest, in my opinion, misconceptions about like the music world is that you know you can start at any age, you can you can be a part of it at, at any time, and um, I think what I'm trying to say is that is that for like audience purposes, like you guys are playing, you know, I I see everywhere really, and yeah. I think overall you still. You still try to maintain, like, yeah, okay, hey, you could only you could only play like at certain places because, like you said, you maybe you were you were not old enough yet to play everywhere, but now you still you still play everywhere, and I think I don't know, like, I mean, you can talk about all this in a second. Is like what I was trying to say is that I think also Midwest country music that you like you what you guys create. Um, mm-hmm fits fits that whole family dynamic vibe yeah. some, somewhat too and so i think it grabs at people like like a lot better and is more welcoming than i mean you know i mean i i can't you know i, I have friends that are in rock bands that have kids but then they they kid all the time because they're fi- they're like i know a group of guys that are in an awesome rock band and they're firefighters and they kid all the time they say well i can take my kid to go show the firehouse or whatever to them, but I can't take them to my rock show. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I can show them to my rock show. Right, right. Whereas, whereas I almost feel like with you guys, like because I I see on your profile and everywhere that okay, like like you just said, like you may have started this at twelve, and here you are, you know, now a now a dad yourself, but you started it with yep. your dad and. Now here you are, you know, several years later, um, but you're creating music though that still fits the family. I mean, what do you got to say about like that? Uh, yeah, aspect yeah, of it? no, for sure. Like we, uh, I mean, we do have a couple like drinking songs and things of that nature, but we, I would say, we have we can be pretty much appeal to any age group, which has really been a benefit to us because we, we have played everything in the past couple of years from nursing homes to bars to festivals and fairs. And uh, we still play at the first place I ever had my first live gig at seven years old, singing Elvis songs at my local nursing home. And uh, we actually, I think uh, this year, we're playing their Christmas party for all the residents, which we did a couple years ago as well. And I still go back there every once in a while and still play for the folks there and uh, try to keep that hometown support there, even for the folks that can't get out of where they're at, you know? 
Well, and then that's what I was gonna. I mean, I was gonna bring it up later, but you just kind of correlated it uh, to talk about is you know what, like, what do you think your music or just music in general like does for people? And like you're just stating that right there, like going to going to somewhere where people can't even get out to do things. So what do you, what do you feel like? What do you think about that? Yeah, like as far as our connection goes, I think that like. I, I like we tried as because this is I'm just gonna be like straight up honest with you like for years prior to 2020 I'd say for the three years prior to that we probably I, especially me specifically I had a unrealistic image of like what I wanted us to be or me myself to look or sound like I wanted us big Eric Church fan so I'm like I want to be I want to be like as a cool guy you know tough guy whatever whatever however he's portrayed in people's minds. Then in 2020, we we wrote this song in one day, recorded it the next day, and shot the music video on the third day, and it was our most successful song we've ever released up to that point, called "The Little Things." And it was a Christmas song, and I kind of joked around about it. It's like like the first opening line is "Ain't nothing like a ride around in your hometown unless you get a nail, uh, or say, unless you pick a nail up up off the ground." Like, because I always drive through my hometown, it seems like I always get a nail on my tire every once in a while when I'm driving. I think everybody lives in a small town area can kind of relate to that. So we really struck a chord there with relating outside of things. Cause like most country songs are about like you either have your drinking party songs, your love songs or your breakup songs. That's pretty much where it all lies. And uh, so we try to have since 2020 try to really put our personality into the songs. We joke around and we laugh all the time at band practice and stuff or wherever hanging out to like we laugh so hard sometimes we're we have tears in our eyes and uh like we have a song called broke by tomorrow that was released not too long ago and the first couple lines of it is i got two plugs and you know fix a flat in my tire <laughs> a lot of people can relate to that you know because i mean it's like you don't know, have nobody to buy a new tire you know but you got two plugs and i can't fix a flat so let's go <laughs> right yeah no and 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 I don't know. I guess. I guess. Really, overall, one thing, because you, okay. I'm from the string background, as we've talked about, or whatever. But it's just, um, you know, I'm 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 a mellow cello player, but like um, the, uh, and that's my vibe too. But like, um, I knew many many fiddle, violins, viola players, all that stuff, whatever, and. Um, what I'm trying to say is that you do have one of those and, and do you, like you're talking about the joy of your music, essentially. I mean, you're talking about how the kind of the folksy country, hey, you put then the lyrics that you were just talking about with that. I mean, it's it, what I find with it, with the, with the tone of the music. And I'm talking about like, you know, your instrumental with those lyrics is that it's, it's a it's just a fun song like there's a lot of fun yeah. songs that you have i mean do you, is that what you're going for or is that yes yeah we have like our number one rule and uh like a mission statement as a band is to have a good time and uh, that sounds like so basic but there's so many times in my past and i'm sure there's other musicians or maybe even you can relate we put so much focus on wanting to put out just a great product and sometimes we forget to like we, we, we kind of take ourselves out of it in a way as I did for many years, you know, because I'm like, Oh, we can't put that in there because that sounds too funny. 
you know, somebody might think we're just writing a, a, a like a joke song or something, mm-hmm. you know. And um, but yeah, having our fiddle player uh, Steve Vincent, he's my third cousin, my dad's second cousin. Uh, he was trained by Mark O'Connor down in Nashville, oh, wow. and uh, he has his own style of playing. Fantastic fiddle player. He also plays the gear banjo on the songs. That's him, and he also plays piano or keyboard live. And uh, on the keys, he's only been playing the keys for about seven years, I think. He picked it up because at one time we had a girl singer in the band, and we did some Lady in a Bellum covers, and we needed those keys in there. So he's like, "I'll learn how to play the keyboard." And I'm like, "You're crazy, man!" <laughs> <laughs> so. But that now he's like as efficient in that as he is fiddle, which I don't think me and him joke about all the time. Like he still can't believe how good he's gotten on the keys because uh, in a short amount of time. Well, and do you think like instrumentally and growth wise? I mean, you were talking about just in the past couple of years, but I mean, yeah. do you think just also overall that five to seven year time? I mean, I mean, it seems to me the like. Um, because I, I, I mean, you have really a lot of songs and I kind of went back before talking to you today and I listened yeah. to different, different vibes of it. And I always like that to kind of see, oh, hey, this is where a band was then and this is where uh, they were then. Yeah. And, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is getting back to what we were talking about is just, um, the instrumentals on the songs and then your your voice and your lyrics and stuff like that or and the overall effect of the whole whole song um you can like what you just and what me and you were just talking about you can kind of like follow that journey and i guess my question is i mean do you feel that like country music or just music in general like you know brings us along like a life journey Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I, 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 that's how I feel. Like I, especially like it's funny you brought that up because uh, the other day I was we have uh, a fourteen song album coming out in September. We record at Backward Recording Studios in Nashville. Uh, I was putting together the track listing, and I'm like, how do I want to? Some people don't listen to it from top to bottom, but how can I maybe make them want to listen to it from top to bottom? And each of the fourteen songs. T- tell different stories that all correlate to the very end and uh, it, it's a semi-concept album and it tells the story of life of going through the good times and there's a song i can't wait to come out this fall uh, it's called our town uh and it's about just it's, it's like our hometown anthem so uh but that that, that song is where everything kind of shifts in the music so it's like real positive and then and then it's like then the anthem and then we go on to the, we have like one love song on there. And then we jump back on the happy train and have a good time and good vibes out on the end. But yeah, it's definitely a life journey is where I feel like I'm trying to even going back. Like you said, I've listened to some of our old stuff. And I'm like, man, I thought this business back then, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> like, see, see how we've changed and uh, kind of let go of like some preconceived notions that we had as, musicians and songwriters and just really like put ourselves out there and play with our personalities and write with our personalities and just be as genuine as possible and that's one thing too with where we put at blackbird recording studios we did uh the 14 songs with no click track and it was 
was usually plan on doing that, but everything sounded so good. The producer, Mark Rubel, uh, had all the levels really good. I mean, of course, we did mixing and mastering after the fact, mm -hmm. but um, as far as what you hear, each song is about 90% live. We did go back and add in a banjo part here and there, or there wasn't supposed to be one, just because we thought it'd be cool, but it's like 90%. And uh, it was a very organic process, and we're probably, I know in the region, but I don't know about the U.S., the only country band that does not have a lead guitar player. I just play rhythm and rhythm only. And uh, the, all of all the lead instruments, is Steve, whether it be fiddle, keyboard, or banjo. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's, I think, one of the interesting, like, takes on on your sound because i mean i know a lot of different country bands around the area they do that they do the new rock country they do and then yeah. there's some other ones like i mean i know i know tom hart of Folsom five it's from oh, yeah. springfield you know and like they do okay the classic johnny cash stuff and he's you know been in rock bands and stuff like that but it's like you know at the end of the day though it's like when you listen to midwest avenue you guys do have like a unique sound and i was going to ask you about that experience going to nashville um mm -hmm. and and recording you know i i i love nashville i love pigeon forge love tennessee all the way around oh, yeah. but like overall i was gonna um I've, I've been all over tennessee love it love the people but um you know but at the end of the day uh you know, recording and going and saying, hey, we're a band, we're going to go, we're going to take the journey. Is that, So, yeah, so going to Nashville and recording um, somewhere like that and experiencing that as a band, I mean, you, you have to be, like, on the edge of your seat, but at the same time, you have to be like, okay, this is awesome. Like, all, all sorts of feelings I could only imagine, but you guys decided to, like, and speaking of... Like you know, um, you know, a Folsom Five band. But speaking of that, you you know, playing in like you know a place that oh you know like legends played like Johnny Cash and several other people. And I just feel like um, you know what what was your like what said hey we're gonna go do this and we're gonna do something that i mean there's not a lot of people because there's all this digital content there's all this way to 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 do something that's really you know simple like you know you can do something in a house studio you can do something in you know with digital stuff or whatever but what what all of you you know being a natural i mean i feel like you're a natural sound you know you're not something that falls into the norm but you're you're you you have a you have your own sound. But what what said? Hey, we're gonna we're gonna go do this. Well, it, it was kind of a an interesting thing because uh, I've had a lot of experience. We've all had experience in Nashville, one way or the other. Um, I've recorded down there, but not at like a studio of the prestige of like the Blackbird Recording Studio, which is one of the most world renowned studios. Right. I've recorded. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's. And that's, I guess, and that's, I guess, what I was saying is that you know we we can all say, oh hey, we've recorded something somewhere, but right. yeah, but where, the way the Blackbird thing came up was through uh, the distribution deal we had through Sony, and they uh, kind of got us in connection and asked if it was just they just asked us if we'd be interested, and I'm like, 
mean, of course we would be. You know, <laughs> right. but then of course, you know, it's, it's like, well, what are we looking at on the financial side? What, what, what are we responding? You know, other, all the different questions that can come with that because ain't nobody going to let you come record for free. Right. But uh, uh, Sony covered 95% of the cost. We pretty much covered our Airbnb and the copy of our master's. So uh, on a price point, uh, we we saved a lot of money just thanks to their faith and what we got rolling. And uh, I, at the time, well, and, 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 and that's I guess what I'm what I'm saying is that is that one of your takes. I mean, you're talking about how how just joy joyful people you are. You know, you've you've walked yeah. you've walked the journey. You know, you said, hey, this is where we've started. Twelve years old. Hey, we've, yeah. you've then recorded this and that, and you've created content and. Then hey, you know we're here making original, great vibing, engaging country songs that 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 you know you have a unique sound with with like you said not having that guitar sound but having all these other unique sounds, um, mm-hmm. and and to me it's almost like you know you took kind of a lot of the good different things of all the country of the different country artists like you mentioned lady annabelle and eric church or whatever yeah. and you put a lot of that stuff together and but overall you said hey it's time to do this and you you went and did it um on a on a somebody believed in you and i guess that's my take on it is that did like did you hold on to that all the way through the process like i mean i mean i've been in production studios i i did i years ago i i worked in tv production studios and years ago i've worked in some uh, music recording production studios and things in kentucky and southern illinois and um you know, it's a, it's a whole it's a whole mindset being in one of those, and so I just want you to like take a moment, kind of talk talk about that, and talk about you know just what what your whole take on that was. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a blessing too because, like you said, you you had you had Sony believe in you and believe in your sound, and and that's always when you've done the musical journey. When you hear those words, that's a big deal, you know, but. Yeah, and then to whatever we got asked about doing it, if we'd be interested, and of course, like, yes, but like, also the music business is also a business. That's where a lot of people don't want to get, you know, learn anything about it, unfortunately. So, fortunately, over the years, I've been training myself on that. So, I know there's always all these different pieces of the puzzle that have to go together and make something work. And uh, unfortunately, on our end, it was on the good side of things. And uh, I was extremely able to start on a list on the Blackbird uh, Studios website of all the artists that have been there and recorded there. And I'm like, man, so we got to really have our ducks in a row. And uh, so we, we talked about it. We were super excited the whole way down. And uh, getting there, just walking in there, I like basically we had four days in the studio uh, from 9 a.m. until uh, 4 p.m. was our slots. And the goal was to record five to six songs. And I was like, that'd be perfect amount of time. We can knock that out because the goal is to go in and do some click tracks and go through and do each instrument individually, typically mm-hmm. how you normally do a right. session. Right. Yep. And uh, we met our producer and I made the, I wish I would ask the, him this question at the very end instead of the very end before I even like sang a song. I'll be like, Hey, you know, who all of you? And I was like, recently? And we're like, 
you want the whole list. I'm like, I don't know. Like recently, he's like, well, I just finished up Carrie Underwood's album uh, about three weeks ago. I'm like, what? Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> he's the biggest and best country singers of all time. And uh, I was like, okay, well, we'll see how this goes. So, I mean, it it kind of intimidated me a little bit, to be honest with you. But then I had to kind of find myself to my positive thinking and uh you know hey you're a professional too so let's pull the big boy boots and let's get going and uh so we did and uh actually got the levels and everything our producer mark rubel was like yeah sounds good guys uh what's the bpm you want for this first song i'm like you know i think we're just gonna roll with it let's see what we can do let's just do a couple takes and see what it sounds like so we did then we went back and listened and he looked at me and he goes i don't think we need to use the click track guys because if we need to punch something in, we can, which we didn't. And uh, it was it was a wild. I mean, I feel like God was on slow pushing us through, and uh, we just kind of all the years of paying dues, I guess. Sometimes playing to ten people, to playing the show for next to nothing. Every little thing that built us, like I think, all just kind of culminated, and we were just like hyper focused on doing the best job that we could possibly do, and. Uh, it was just, it, it was kind of surreal in a way because, like, I, I, I wasn't even really, like, nervous. I was more excited than anything. And uh, I was like, and then the second day we finished the six songs. And he's like, all right, well, that's six songs. He's like, you guys got two and a half, you know, two days and then half of today. What do you guys want to do? I was like, let's take a break. And so I talked to the guys and we went out for lunch and, uh, like, we can keep on redoing these songs, see if we can do them even better. And, uh, like, or we can do some more, which fortunately we had about four more others that we had never recorded that we could do. So, like, we'll do these four. And so we went in that day and finished those four on the second day. So we were 10 songs in on the second day. And then the third day, uh, we went in there and he's like, you guys want to do anything new? So we went there was uh, two old songs I'd written that never recorded that were somewhat trouble. I could kind of write it out for the guys. Like, and uh, we didn't know it was in the studio while we were playing them live. I went through each song like six times until we finally got it. And uh, then the third day, we did some, added a couple background vocals and a couple banjo and fiddle parts to some parts that needed some extra fluff. And uh, after that, we were done. And uh, the biggest compliment, two two of the biggest compliments we got out of it that still, like, keep me, like, on days I'm like, I need a little extra encouragement. It's these two things that Mark Rubel told us that I, in an email that I go back to. One is he was impressed with our stamina and uh, to be able to record as long as we did and uh, keep rolling up. The most songs ever recorded in a four-day session of Blackbird Recording Studios was seven songs, and we did 14 and broke the record in the studio. So <laughs> that oh, was wow. kind of cool. Oh, wow. So you did 14 total after those four days. That's... that's, that's yes. I mean... I mean, you talk about it like, I mean, like you said, you were excited, nerves, everything, whatever. I mean, yeah. I could only imagine, but overall, I mean, you talk about it with like ease with, oh, hey, you just like rolled out, rolled out playing these songs and enjoying your time. So like going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, I mean, you guys were essentially 
who where where are you at like like you're yeah. you're you were just enjoying enjoying the fun time that it was and and that just like flows out of your music you know yeah that, that's something that we really try to push out there i'm glad that that kind of came across because uh years ago a guy told i it's good going back to local nursing home my hometown I remember telling a guy once, there was a resident there, I'm like, his name was Ralph. <laughs> I said, Ralph, have a good day. I'll see you next next week. And he goes, oh, don't tell me have a good day. That's too much of a job. I'll, I'll just work on having a good moment. And you have a good moment too. And I'm like, you know what? That is a good thing to kind of hang on to. Because sometimes in the totality of a day, a lot can go on, go right, go wrong, go sideways. You never know. Um, that's all how we react to it, but we all have a lot of good moments. Sometimes we look over them because we're so busy worrying about the next thing or what we got focused on or what we need to com- complete, whether it even be like something like mowing the yard. But I just made my kid laugh like some of again. That was a good moment. You know, those little things are, to, are, are good to hang on to throughout the day to keep you going through. Well, and I think like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a dad as well. And I was going to speak to that, mm-hmm. um, is, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't have mine anymore, but one of the things that's bonding between like father, son, so you play with your dad, but then also like you have kids and I have kids and I know that like what the story you just said is just, okay, you get joy from your kids. So I think if you're, if you're creating content, like creating music, you know, and then you're going back to those moments that you can all relate to, you know, because what I'm trying to say is essentially, hey, you know, you guys are all playing together and yeah, you got, you know, other, other family and other members of the band, you know, playing, Mm -hmm. but, but you're essentially playing off that vibe with one another through that music. But then you go, then you go back though. Like, like one thing I noticed with like, okay. And I just got to give a shout out to you because I'm not going to lie about this. Like I'll I'll be streaming through my stuff, whatever, doing my thing, trying to trying to just taste hey, focus on oh trying to okay hey I got I got to create this content so you know you you look at other people's content I ain't gonna lie about that um, and and one thing I have found and it's I don't know if it's a good thing or a weird thing or what but <laughs> but uh, what I'm about to say is probably hopefully you get from other people is. You make these funny videos with your kid sometimes, and, um, you know, that is the thing these days. Hey, the YouTube family, the whatever family, but anyway, anyway, what I'm saying is all in good faith here is that that I'm going to be real, like, sometimes I don't even remember what you were talking about or what the deal was, but, like, you were having a fun time with your son, and then yeah. you go to listen to one of your guys' songs, and it's almost like, hey, I'm back at the family barbecue in the Midwest Park having a great time, you know. Dude, I, yes, I thought you said that, because that's one thing that like, I've tried to correlate, like, is, is trying to put myself out there and as genuine as possible, just lay our lives out there. And I, I do, me and my kids, we have a literal blast all the time. Like I mentioned earlier offline, after we get done with this, we're going to go catch up on some wrestling that we missed while we're right. on, uh, on a vacation. But yeah, we also like, and there's so much other video content that I, I have like another YouTube channel that it's like, it's like a private one that I have just like for a family that's kind of far away. 
and uh, I'll upload videos. Like, I have another video camera that I like, sometimes like sit in the, in the basement. I record just like 30 minutes of us just like hanging out, goofing off, and then that's never seen. I'll upload it so like grandparents or somebody can hop on there and check it out, you know, just see, just to be kind of be spend time with the kids whenever they're not able to do the distance. Yeah, no, I mean, that's and that's awesome that that joy that's correlated all the way around. Um, so, and it's, and it's almost a generational thing too. And and then I was going to say like, I mean, getting back to like Midwest Avenue and, and you guys and the band and stuff like that. I mean, you know, I can, I, I could only imagine being on a fly on the wall on the road trip back from that recording. Um, but, but, but also, but also just in general, like, I mean, uh, I mean, what what is it like? I mean, I want you to just kind of talk about two things. What is it like creating music with your family, like like you know your cousins and yeah. your dad, and then what what is it like, you know, taking those experiences like with your son, and then and then writing fun songs to share with other people, like because that's what I mean. You know, when you perform, that's yeah, you're doing the performance, you're being entertaining, whatever, but you're essentially, yeah. you know, ha- saying, hey, let's have fun because I had a good time. I want to tell you about a good time, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, one thing, too, I want to touch on, I forgot to on, like, when I was talking about our sound, is uh, a year and a half ago, we had got our, a new bass player named Chris Coonrod, and his background is 100% basically metal music from back in the day. And... Uh, him and my dad used to play in a rock band together and Chris has been a friend of the family uh, for like a brother for a lot of years and even more so now that we've hit the road so much together and uh, that was one thing that one of the uh, engineers picked up on at Blackbird Studios was uh, that he was putting metal riffs to a country song Uh (laughs) so there's different everybody brings their own little uh, lead component to the to the process which is cool it's not like say if it was a song that I wrote, like, say, the chords and the music to, whenever we put it all together, everybody has equal input. You know, stop, like, stop two, like, what, what we're going to do, a breakdown, I, I mean, it's, it's a complete collaboration. Awesome. And uh, to go on to that further, yeah, whenever we do our live show, like, our live show, like, we've been able to, it's, live performance is it's just, like, something something that you get better at the more you do it it's like anything else the more practice you get the better you get and uh, our live show has been like i enjoy it even though sometimes we play a lot of the same songs you know night in night out um, but to the people that see the presentation it's new to them and we may throw in different things it's not always the same thing sometimes i may call an audible and just be like hey well, let's do this you know and depending on what kind of what i'm seeing in the crowd who's watching the crowd um, but we always, like I said, always try to have a good time. And we always do, fortunately. And uh, like I said, coming back from the studio, I'm so glad that I did this. It comes out in September, the album does. But also along with that is accompanying a podcast that was recorded hillbilly style just on my voice and memos on my phone. I set the phone down and for a four and a half hour trip back home, I recorded us talking about each song, listening to it. And I, I got to go through it and edit out a couple things because sometimes we, we get a little bit of a potty mouth. So <laughs> put all that out there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because just do out of pure excitement, you know. Right. And, uh, but we, uh, yeah, well, I'm in the process of editing it down and just editing it like, I catch myself having a smile on my face most of the time or cracking up laughing at us doing something whenever we I'm, we sang a wrong word or something. And, and one of the 
there's even a cough in the song that you, you, you can't hear it like i mean i had to point it out to the guys because it was me coughing like in the back right <laughs> we just got to take it out but we just left it in there you know little things like that well yeah that, 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 well you were talking about like genuine authenticity and yes. i think you know that's that's really you know we go you go way way back when you know i mean yeah you can go to willie nelson a little bit of the twangy country folky country whatever but you know you can go way way back before you know like i mean people you know with banjos and cor- correlations and and just the history of just you know banjo music and fiddle music in and of itself uh, you know it was it was not something that you said hey we're going to we're going to plan this you know like yes. i mean yep. <laughs> so but it was yeah. and it was it was authentic and it was genuine and um i think you know like there's something to be said that you guys you guys think that way and you guys said hey let's let's also create this you know 4 hour conversation with our listeners <laughs> um that 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 takes it takes them on that journey you know of, yeah we're very intentional with a lot of things like that and to like cause i've seen other bands and stuff and th- that's the like the landscape of things now like with like live music you can do so much because you have the ability to use like uh tracks and different things of that nature to be able to enhance the live show which a lot of people do but that's the one thing that we had the option to do but we decided not to so you come and hear us what you hear is what's being played live I mean, there's no playing to a click track, playing to any kind of piped in tracks. It's all, it's all organic, which is kind of the vibe we're going for because we want it to be as real as possible because I think in the ways of the world, the things that happen and they're going to happen in the future with AI and different things, I think that I just have a feeling that there's going to be a hunger for the true organic sound. Well, yeah, I mean, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about, um, you know, I, I don't have my dad anymore, so I've reminisced about different things sometimes in conversation with people about him. I'll meet somebody and we'll start talking about, you know, some old nostalgic thing. And, and, and we used to play records and you come over to his house and he'd have record player playing records, you know, and all that yes, stuff. Sir. And, and so, you know, over, overall, you know, there was something authentic by putting that, on the player listening to it playing playing that um and and doing it you know with with other people around you you know and and i think you know what you're talking about too is just like the playing of the music though as well like i mean you know i'll never i'll never stop playing the cello um you know started when i was you know five six years old and got to learn what i mean and i'm and i'm sorry to say this and maybe some people might disagree with me that listen to this but i'm just going to be real and honest is that is that if i mean and i'll probably your probably your fiddle player will agree with me is that there's people that play instruments and then there's people that actually know the authenticness of music like you're talking about and yep, yeah. and and i understand that because I mean, and people say this to me all the time when they when they hear that I play that because or have practiced that and played that and whatever, they they you know they don't take me verbatim because hey anybody uh, I mean if you if you're you know learn it and this is what pretty much you're saying is that anybody can turn on an iPhone and plug it into a sound system 
system probably and learn how to run sound equipment but are you really listening you know and that's i think really what what me and you are talking about is that authenticity of the music and like listening to it for what it is and that creation of it because like you know uh, when i talk to other string players we can have a conversation that talks about oh how we actually listen because okay you have to because there is no frets you know like um. oh yeah no i feel something like I, like you can i, I i'm like playing fiddle is like or any any any, any instrument that doesn't have a fretboard and i you couldn't i wouldn't trust me with it so <laughs> well and and that's and that's what you know like but but what i'm trying to you know also say is i think you're right like there's going to be you know, give or take, you know, give it probably another five years or so or, oh, yeah. or whatever. But overall, you know, there's there's this creation of content and this and I and I and I don't harp on anybody if if they have a unique style in using digital digital stuff. I mean, I know I bands that I know bands that use digital backtracking and all this stuff and uh, and and take a lot of time and a lot of effort to put it all together. But <laughs> Yeah, it's a <laughs> thing is some people, some musicians like will think that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. It's all about what works for you and your product because you can't screw up whenever that happens. Because if you screw up and you get off time, it's going to be noticed right off the bat. Right. Yep. Yep. And that's what a lot of people. Right. And that's what a lot of people don't understand with those with those like mix match bands or their their or the things that the bands that have the back things and all that yeah. stuff but like and I and I and I understand that and you do too but like I think you're 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 right though is that you know there there's still a longing and this is what I tell some people that don't understand like like um you know me me and one of my sisters uh played instruments and we played in the musical thing but if you go to those theaters the theaters are still packed you know they're still selling tickets you know so and and i think that they'll always do that because there's something in the sense of when you create something like your your music you know that midwest avenue is creating or or whatever it is that that people enjoy that and then and then to do it you know, live, like if it's in a park or a bar or a reception or wherever it's at, um, they hear that style. And I think overall, there's probably going to be a a really drive for that because you can't you can't gift that's that's almost a gift, and you can't get that anywhere else. Is, is really what I'm saying. Because I mean, we can all we can all play something we can all play something back, but to actually like like what you're saying to have that authenticity i think you're right that there's going to probably be a, a a drive towards that you know
And, and one thing, too, I wanted to touch on, too, and you may uh, appreciate this. Like, uh, I don't know if you ever listened to, like, you know, like the old school, like, big band swing jazz music or anything like oh, yeah. that. Yep, all the time. Yep. Yeah, so I, I, I listen to all sorts, uh, all, all yeah, the and, and classical music and stuff. And what a lot of people don't know is back then, all that music was recorded at 432 hertz, as to where, like, today, all current music is 440 hertz all of ours is 432 like the old days and even where you come live we have all of our instruments tuned to 432 hertz which is just a tad bit down from the standard tuning it's a little intentional thing that we do Um, no that's that's interesting to me because i mean i'm just going to be real with you is that you're almost when you listen to a midwest avenue song it's fun there's a lot of fun ones and stuff like that, but but I am a, a fan of like the nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties. I'm a fan of the, like oh, the, yeah. the old western, and then the sound that goes with that. Um, mm-hmm. And and you're and, and you almost take like and I I don't know if you know these things, but but you almost but you almost take like the the you know fiddle fiddleness of the bluegrassiness of like yeah. you know uh clements and and bakers and all these different different you know players and then you say hey i'm gonna i'm gonna mix in some some of that some of that rock stuff like you said <laughs> earlier um and then and then you have this this unique voice and i think then that wraps it up of just okay you're took back to an era that that if you know music which i know music really well you almost like i have listened to one of your songs and then i find myself listening to another and then i find myself listening to another because it almost takes me back in time a little bit to kind of just that 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 genre of of music you know like and that might and that might just be now that i know that you're tuned that way that might just be because you're tuned that way i don't know <laughs> so like i said we do everything with a little bit of intentionality so and speaking of like being tuned a certain way i mean do you um i'm going to switch gears a little bit um you said you know practice makes perfect you've been performing for a long time since you were younger so that's that's quite some time um Mm -hmm. uh, you know what i mean did did you i mean do you still get nerves do you still get hey whatever i mean you've you i mean i've seen you play big shows like advertise Mm -hmm. big shows i've seen you play little shows i mean i mean do you enjoy like what is your take on live performance you're gonna you're gonna do some of that coming up here. I mean, we're still getting into the end of the summer, so there's a lot of that going on. But um, I guess, what is your take on live audience? You connecting with them, just and also like as the singer. I mean, the singer has a whole different, you know, job than than, than some of the rest of the band. You know, not to say that they're not having fun too, but um, oh, yeah. you know, the singer kind of has another role a little bit too. So. Um, oh yeah, I tell you, one of the big things, like as far as nerves go, I've been doing it so long, the nerves have kind of gone away, which is great. Because like I remember playing sometimes, and my hands were like shaking. I'm like, man, this is not fun. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> but now anymore, like I'm just excited, especially if it's somewhere like 
two things make me excited, and it's both the same feeling. It's one, playing in front of people that have never seen us, and then two, if, we play, if we're playing somewhere we've played before, and I see people out already getting in the crowd that, that I have recognized and met multiple times before, you know, that have come back out to support us again, like, that fires me up because they already know what they're going to get into. And, like, I love also the folks that have never seen us to come out because, like, all I want to do is be able to, whenever they walk in the door and we start our first song is for them to forget about any kind of worries that they had prior to coming. And whether that be a loss of a loved one, crappy boss, whatever the case may be, or maybe they had a good day and they just want to amplify them too, you know? Just to be able to be lost in that moment kind of eject from reality for a minute and just hop into the, the good time train and have a good time with this while we're there and then maybe hopefully carry that on throughout the day, the next day, and be like, do I talk to their wife or girlfriend or friends or whatever? Like, hey, remember last night, man, he was, he, sometimes I, I joke around from stage even from time to time. I, it's We have some spots in our show where I kind of, I judge what we're going to do and if we want to talk to the crowd, we want to do a promotion, we want to just go straight into another song. Or if I want to call an audible and go a different way with a different song that's not on the set list, we kind of it's it's all it's all just reading the room, kind of like being a quarterback on a football team, reading the defense is like reading the crowd, and you're like, okay. So I'm trying to do my best to make them have a good time because if they have a good time, I have a good time. So that's it's 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 a give and take for sure. So and then that's what I was going to ask you though is that you've played a lot of different venues. Um, so for so so two questions here is is you know playing a playing a an outdoor or a, a big a big band show is what I call them big stage whatever yeah versus you know a skinny little bar or now with with this one you're doing now is going to be down home pub in Quincy Illinois Saturday evening you know it's a it's a restaurant it's a country hometown community restaurant the whole vibe of it is almost like the show of cheers i kid you not so um just you know like which one like do you get the most out of and i kind of already have a feeling that you're going to have a really good time at down home but at overall like i mean i feel like you know, you're the kind of guy that would have fun at any of them, but which one do you like the best? And then the the other question is just, um, you know, like, do you, as as the band and then also as the singer, do you say, hey, we're going to go into it with this mindset or do you just wait till the crowd, like, till you see the crowd? Because some bands say, oh, hey, we're going to play a set and that's our set list and this is what we're going to do and this is our stitch. Whereas you guys seem more of like, oh, hey, we, we might have this plan, but, well, we're going to see what they act like too, you know. Oh, yeah, 100%. So uh, I'll, I'll touch on that first. I'll go back to the big shows and smaller shows. So as far as like our set list goes, we do have a, our set list already kind of mapped out. But there has been times, many times, that like say we, the, the, the wherever we're playing at, that we get to the end, there's more, even more people showing up, or everybody there's just having a great time, and we're having a great time. So we're like, we don't want this, you know, we, we want it to end right now. So instead of stopping at that hour and fifteen mark, which is usually our first set, the length, a lot of bands do shorter ones. We do a straight hour and fifteen is our, our just our model for the first mm-hmm. set. Um, 
But there's been times we played, uh, say it was a three-hour show, there was there's been many times we played a straight three-hour show all the way through. <laughs> oh, wow. or, or, or I may play for two hours, and then out of necessity to maybe have to go run to the bathroom or something, <laughs> right. grab a drink or right. something. We, we, we will take a break at that point. Or we've even been like, okay, well, if, one of the, if the fiddle player needs to go, go to the bathroom, we'll play something we really don't need him on. So just, I mean, we need everybody on every song, but a song that we can do where he doesn't, he doesn't hold a prominent part in a song to where we can do it fine without him. Let him go to the bathroom, and if the bass player needs to go, then I can do something with the other three, and it just we can circle in that way uh, to keep the show going if we need to go longer and somebody has to go to the bathroom or something like that because we kind of read off the crowd, but the crowd's having a great time. But we're having a great time. We don't like to let it stop too often. And uh, as far as the big shows or smaller shows, both of them have their challenges. Uh, the challenges are a little bit different because when you're going to play, like say you're doing like an opening spot for a big lap, you got a county fair or something where there's already hundreds of people there ready. They're all there with the intention to have a good time. I mean, there's some bands mm-hmm. or some some crowds you could go out and play Mary Had a Little Lamb for, and they no that's so that's so true i i was actually thinking you were going to say something like that like and that's been going back to like how fun you are and fun you guys are is but that's the truth of it too it's like you were talking about it's like that is the authenticity of it as well because you can so like like i have fun with my kids that way like i just start breaking out in a song sometimes uh driving in the car and i'm trying to teach them a lesson and uh, because that's the whole thing it doesn't matter it doesn't matter sometimes depending on what mindset that person is in they're still going to be in that mind like they're just going to be oh, in, yeah. you know like now, sometimes playing in smaller places, this is where the challenge with that sometimes is you never know. I mean, obviously, everybody there is to have a good time, but they're not quite the. They may just be one there to have dinner and hang out with their friends and maybe visit a little bit, then maybe later want to come out and dance and do the whole thing. So sometimes we're always mindful of like the main sound level. Do we want to, we want to be blaring people out to where they're like leaning over the table yelling at each other? Well, yeah, like, this is the, this, like, that, that's the vibe of, like, down home, is, like, is, like, okay, hey, here's these people getting off of work, or, hey, you guys are playing a Saturday, so, hey, here's these people coming out to have dinner at a good, good restaurant, good place, good food, like, you're, you know, if you eat the food, trust me on that one, it's good food. Oh, dude, I, Um, I, We've already looked at the menu and got a couple things picked out, so we're going to get there a little early. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so there you go. Um, but like the thing is, is like um, that's what what you were just saying is like you know, okay, this is a this is the restaurant vibe, you know. So like, here's these people eating and stuff, but then you know they'll stay for music and then they kind of ramp up more yeah. later, later or whatever. Yeah, you know? that's where the challenge comes because I'm always watching the crowd. I always watch the crowd. They the crowd is the show, regardless of how good or bad the band is. The crowd can make or break the night as far as the success, not only monetarily, but vibe-wise. And so my job is always to be paying attention to them, maybe be noticeable. Like, say someone's wearing a Minnesota Vikings shirt or a St. Louis Cardinals shirt or just something unique about it that they intentionally wore because they're a fan of something. Sometimes I'll pick something out, like in between a song and make give them a shout out or joke with them or something or you know I, I always throw in those little things to try to pull them in and make the show a personable show in those smaller shows and then we try to convert the crowd into just having a good vibe and uh, 
to be ready to dance and have a good time and leave all the worries at the door and enjoy the night. See, and I just, I, I have to say, honestly, like, I mean, I've talked to a lot of musicians, and one of the reasons I do this podcast is to push and support not only music and, and diving deep into music, but, like, also talking about the vibe of it. And yeah. and you just said that with, like, sure ease. And, um, and what I mean by that is one of the questions I've... I've been asking lately because I've seen it, you know, I've seen it at, at huge shows outside, I've seen it, but especially I've seen it at people coming out to restaurant, restaurant gigs and enjoying time together, um, you know, like you had mentioned, you know, after 2020 and stuff like that, um, and I was going to say that, like, I mean, do you feel now we're almost past that and we're back to hey let's i mean we're going to always keep pushing for it but hey let's let's now and enjoy the community of each other the the fun of each other the hey let's pay attention to each other i mean you were just talking about paying attention to the crowd because that's who yeah. that's who makes or breaks this industry really you know so oh yeah well, I, I see a big, especially since 2020 and all of the stuff that went on there, is I see a big push of people being uh, really supportive of everything community-wise. Like, I see community events not only here in my area that I live now down in St. Louis, but even up in my hometown area and churches in between. Everything is on the upswing. Like, even church attendance is up almost, like, I think 50% more than it was prior to the pandemic, mm -hmm. where people are getting out. And uh, even restaurants, like hometown restaurants, small restaurants, everything is, people are out supporting the community more and are out in it. I think it's because maybe we realize what we may have taken for granted. That's not only, like, but that's a big life lesson, you know, for the little things. But that's why we wrote this song, The Little Things. Uh, during the whole thing um, <laughs> because it was, you have to be grateful for those things because mm -hmm. it's, those, it's those little things that make us who we are not the big bonus paycheck not the whatever we can buy monetarily it's mm -hmm. about the relationships that we create and the communities we keep yeah, so true. I mean, keep in support. Yeah. I mean, a amen to that, you know, I mean, because that's, I mean, the thing is, is that you know, people People, people are are what what it's about, you know. And that's, yeah. and I mean, you know, you as musicians and performers and putting something together, you know, you play off of that. But at the same time, I mean, you know, I think, like you said, in the whole idea of community, I mean, you know, we we need one another. And I think now we realize that more than ever, we are grateful for, okay, the fact that, okay, hey. You know, we were without each other for 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 a monetary time, um, and and now we're we're saying, hey, you know, we we vibe off of all those relationships, and I think we're also like grateful of like you know like even what me and you were talking about off of the air, like okay, hey, we're you know we might not have a connection, and we realize okay the network, and then suddenly meeting or spending time with this person we're grateful of where that could lead to like we're more we're more we're more conscious i guess we're more conscious of that don't you don't you agree or? oh i do agree man and i there's one thing uh, in the healthcare field i work with one of the guys because uh, we're working on a project with a competitor actually to help them out and uh 
this was early on in my career, and I was like, so why are we helping out our competitor? We could just take that business. And he said, rising tides raise all ships, hmm. which it did benefit us in the end, too. And I'm like, because I, I used to have that mindset, too, of like, you know, like, I want to try to get all these shows, and like, I would almost uh-huh. be jealous of some other bands back in the day, you know? I'm like, why are they doing this and we're not, you know? Mm-hmm. And but then to realize that like you know, there is enough pieces of the pie for everybody to go around. It, it is truly abundant, but we just it's you, you got to get out of that mindset and just focus on building the best you and the best brand that you can, and then just put it out there and let the rest fly. <laughs> well, and that actually goes into um, one of my last little talks that I usually do with uh, guests and stuff is is. Um, you know, you you have a little one. I I have I have a few um, of them. But um, the the thing is, is that um, you know we're we're all in this for the family. But um, at the same time, um, I have to say, like, what do you say? Because I mean, uh, like I talked to you off of the off of the thing about is that you know me and my team we try to support local music we do open mic nights for up and coming hey you you're not in the scene yet we can connect you to the scene we can push you a little bit we can we can say hey here's here's some good contacts but it's up to you to get out there hey you know here's a stage to play on or something and we're and we're you know i have to give a shout out to all the owners locally for for you know the patios and that that and the and the venues and all that stuff but but i mean i was going to say the question i have is just like you know we all started somewhere and we all said hey we're going to keep the faith have the passion we're going to we're going to wake up some days grind it hard and then we realize hey it's all about the fun um you know what do you have to say to like that that guy that is stuck and hey he's 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 wants to gig or he wants to play the guitar or hey he wants to sing or hey he's trying to get a band together or you know do what you did back at you know i mean i can't say that do what you did back at 12 years old but i mean you know but 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 it was a whole different thing but i'm just saying like you know there was probably up there was probably why riding riding the wave as well when when you got really into it and i'm just like yeah like the thing is is like you know what would you say to people like that 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 here you're you're a you know i mean to essentially say it i mean you're you're a studio album going to be because it's releasing this fall studio album band that does original music and once that comes out, you can say, hey, we did it. Now, that's not saying, hey, you're going to quit by any means. You're going to keep the faith and keep going and keep oh, yeah. pushing. But what do you say to people that aren't aren't even there yet? You know? Yeah, for sure. There'd be a few things. One of the things which has been a cornerstone of everything I've built is some advice I got back when I was probably like 15 or 16. I was asking a guy who was in a rock and roll band, uh, out of Springfield, uh, they were signed with Victory Records up in Chicago, and I uh, asked him about, you know, kind of the same thing, and uh, he's like, well, he's like, one thing you got to realize is that it's not about what you know, it's what can you do with what you know, and I'm like, hmm, that's a great thing, which kind of ties into what I always tell people is you are your own best resource. People sometimes think, oh man, they look at the big old thing of like, what we do even like I've had people come up and ask me like well how did you do your content how did you do your flyers how did you do this that 
I learned it all myself because I am my own best resource. That was a hard work. You better believe it, but you got to love it that much to want to take the time and put in the time to do it. Because whenever you don't have the money to pay somebody else, the biggest currency you have is your time to make yourself elevate and learn more. There's, especially now, there's so many like podcasts, there's so many YouTube videos you can watch on how to learn to do almost anything. You could build a house by watching YouTube if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. But it's it's about using your time as your currency and valuing your time because time is more important than money and it's more valuable than money and can make you more money too if you use it right. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing too is uh, I read a book back in 2016 that changed the course of my life entirely. It's a book called The Secret by Rhonda Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E. If anybody wants to check it out. Um, and it's just a book about positive thinking and uh, writing things down. I basically created like a 10-year map of things I wanted to do, like the big thing. And then I wrote down like backwards of how I, with the small steps I take to get there. And I'm still working that massive action plan, as Tony Robbins calls it. Uh, I watch a lot of his stuff and read his books too. But The Secret, Rhonda Byrne, uh, really changed my outlook in, in every aspect of my life, not only mentally, but also like my physical life. Um, from income to success with the band to being a dad and trying to be a great husband and all these other things that go into life. Um, but yeah, the, the book, The Secret, you know, you, you can educate yourself because that's going to be a big thing for anybody moving forward. Well, I think that's that's a good perspective because it's kind of like you're saying, um, you know, that was that was really good stuff, but like, it's kind of like you're saying, hey, what would you, what, what would your 10 year from now self say back to you, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Like that's, that's how I, I was told one time, um, by somebody that, you know, like, okay, um, you know, what, what would what would your 10 year later from now self say back to you so you know and that and that truly like motivates you to get it down and and figure it out and and then you know i've i have had some business partners over the years that have had great success and you know i'm just starting out or whatever or this or that and and they they've said you know we got here because like you just said, we we took the time to manage things correctly, but then also like you know if they set a goal, they they may have you know did a couple skips this way or a couple skips that way, but they still oh, yeah. but they still made that goal like you know and and I think that's like what you're talking about is is key because you know we can all we can all say hey we're going to do something you know we can all say hey. Uh, to whoever it is, you know, like I, I say to my lady, or you could probably say to your lady, is, oh, hey, yeah, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll be here at this time, you know, but, um, or hey, I'll go grab yeah. the, I'll go grab the gallon of milk from the store or something. But it's like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's like, okay, we better talk to ourselves, uh, our tomorrow self to make sure, okay, if we don't do that, what happens, you know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%, man. It's so, and I, I mean, believing in yourself, it's huge and nobody's going to believe in you more than you do yourself and your goals and your dreams and no one's going to support you more than yourself until you make it way past where you don't have to have them struggles anymore right yeah in the early times i mean it's it's a a journey and um 
you got to learn to get uncomfortable or comfortable with the uncomfortable sometimes. Well, and like, and I mean, some people, and some people, you know, and I'm not going to trail off, but I know, you know, again, your Midwest Avenue, I got to talk about a Midwest belief and how I was raised anyway. And, and I was originally raised partially in, in the, you know, St. Louis rural area, then was brought to Quincy, Illinois area and all that stuff. And, and I've bounced back and forth still, still since and been, and I've been all over the country, but, mm-hmm. um, I still keep that Midwest mindset. And I think this is like what you're talking about and I'm talking about. And, and I tell people anymore because, you know, um, you don't want to be too preachy. You don't want to be too religious. You don't want to whatever. And and so at the end of the day, though, I mean, I tell even the kids I have, I tell other people I bump into because they're like, why are you so positive? Why are you oh so like oh nothing bothers you or whatever you know? And I and I just keep saying, oh well, I'm keeping the faith, you know. And I don't and I don't mean that by like oh hey I mean yeah I do believe in God and all that stuff but I mean what I mean by that is hey I'm going to keep grinding and I and I believe in something that's bigger than myself and I and I think you know that's what you're saying also like you have to you have to have faith in something to 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 keep on going like you can't you I mean you're you're not going to I mean you might say hey I I want to you know, like do what you guys did, record a studio album. But I mean, if you're, if you're not having that faith to, hey, if I, if I work really hard and be on those stages or I go do those, you know, and practice and, and play and all that stuff, then it might not, it might not happen that way, you know, like, so. Yeah, having faith is, is huge. And, and another one, like kind of a Midwest concept or just like a good, a good thing for anybody is the you know the golden rule on life: treat others the way you want to be treated, because you never know. The one time you meet somebody five years down the road, they may be the ones calling you up to take you to the next level, and you didn't even know or remember meeting them. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that essential that essential mindset to be very like very grateful of any connection any connection you have i mean i mean you know i've i've been in moments and and you know like we were talking about our past and okay you're not thinking that way when you're when you're oh trying to trying to get the work and trying to do the things and trying to you know and and you might you might hiccup along the way and and i i can say i have you know i can say well i may have not said the right thing at the right time whatever but you know now now i try to say okay i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do that golden rule like you said like you're just gonna go in and you're gonna treat other people the way you want to be treated and um you know one of like like you know you're on the you're on the maverick podcast but my my brand my branding um is i take i take a statement that my dad used to say all the time um and it's it's be excellent to each other because he used to tell me that's the problem with the world so he said he used to say hey you know, uh, be excellent to each other. And so then you can fix the, fix the, you know, universe. Now, you know, I'm just going to tell most people, I mean, you know, and maybe they don't figure it out or whatever. That's from an old eighties movie that you have to be a really a geek fan to know, but it's like, he used to just say it like all the time. And that was his mindset. And, and, and at the end of the day, you know, I mean, that's, that's really like, you know, I, that's, I've learned that, you know, like, I mean, I've, I'm like, what I'm saying is like, 
as you were saying with your original music and your journey, you know, and, and I think, you know, that's, that's something that we all have to remain grateful for is the people that we connect with and that ripple effect. Um, you know, I tell, I tell the daughters in my life, I, I tell them, um, you know, because a girl is a little different than a boy. I have a son and then I have a couple, oh, yeah. couple stepdaughters and, um, you know, I tell I tell them as as a lady, you know, they can have a ripple effect like a rock in the water, you know, and I think that's and I think that's really, you know, like what we're talking about is that if if you're in anything, you know, that doesn't have to be music, oh, yeah. but just life in general, you know. So um, exactly, man. So I mean, anyway, this is this is good stuff. Um, but I was gonna ask you a couple fun questions. You being a fun guy, yeah. but um, to kind of to kind of wrap around things. But I really enjoy your time, and I'm grateful for sure. that. But um, if there was like a like you know you you write your own stuff, you create your own content. We're gonna hear a little bit of it this this weekend. But if there was ever a time where you said, "Hey, I'm, I want to meet another." another like legend that did that who who would that be and like why would you say why would you say that okay uh well, let me just uh dig in a little bit deeper uh, alive or dead or both or it, it doesn't, doesn't matter yeah either way yeah Ooh, okay so i would say dan Fogelberg. um he wasn't like gigantic but he was pretty big in the 70s and 80s um, Sean Peoria, Illinois, originally, um, had some big hits, leader of the band. Um, I would just want to be him because he, uh, lived a lot of life, uh, ended up retiring out in Colorado before passing. Um, and just recently got inducted to the Illinois Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, actually. But I'd love to be him and talk to him about, like, his experiences, uh, through life, like with his dad, who was a leader of a military band, which I, learned about as much about him as possible because his wife posts memoirs and journal postings on this little website she has. And, uh, but I just love to pick his brain about just like his process and his passions and like just little things he does. Like, does he drink a cup of coffee in the morning? What's the first thing he does? Does he have What are those? And just to kind of see that and just to hang out with him because I heard he was a fun guy and pretty entertaining and funny too. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, speaking of fun and entertaining, you probably could tell me all sorts of stories, but um, I just think that this is appropriate. So, like, um, you know, uh, I was going to tell you, like, um, you know, best Midwest memory, fun, that's a good time. You know, just what what would go down? It can be about the band, or it can just be about anything that we've talked about. Because we've, you know, I want to say, I want to say to you, I appreciate you, appreciate the band, appreciate um, you taking the time, um, and and I just want to end it on just who you guys are, and and I want to also say before we let out, you know, check out everybody, check out Midwest Avenue, and you can tell them where to check them out, and maybe also plug a couple of your songs too. So. Yeah, for sure. So I could I could probably tell you a million funny stories, but I'll just go with the most recent one that popped to my mind, which was last weekend. We were playing a show at a thing called Music in the Park in Grafton, Illinois, and uh, out in the crowd, we're, we're playing a cover song, "Song of the South" by Alabama. Some folks may remember that jam. And I look out in the crowd, and I'm thirty yards from the stage. I look over, and I see a guy. He's clearly not proposing 
to this woman, but he is on one knee looking up at her, talking to her. You know, like he is proposing. And at the end of the course, I just, well, we have a, a general stop. We stopped the song. I said, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for this couple right here. He's asking this woman to marry her. I throw out some weird stuff live just to get a good pick out of everybody. And the crowd turned around. It was like a pause, applauding man. But the, the guy was cracking up. So it's like, we're not. We're not getting married. <laughs> and then I, I went right back into the song, like it was, like nothing even happened, and it was just and just little things like that that we do like live just to create moments that people are coming to us afterwards, cracking up about it, you know, and uh, just little things like that we do. But you know, we actually go on to tell you a whole bunch of funny stories, but that was the most amazing. <laughs> Well, and that's but I mean that's what your songs are about is is little people's stories, little people's moments. So I mean, you yeah. know, like tell them where to find that stuff at, where to check it out because I mean it's all it's all really cool original music in my opinion. So yeah, I appreciate. It. Yeah, all of our music is on all streaming services. You know, you got your Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, the whole gambit. Uh, just look up the band name Midwest Avenue, and we're on all that. And our uh, all of our social media handles on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Or everywhere there's social media besides Tinder and OnlyFans. Um, so just look up Midwest Avenue. That's our handle on all of those. And uh, we also, our website is just MWA Band. You can find all of our shows in center as well as on Facebook and everywhere. Or just do a quick Google search and you can find out anything you need to know. And uh, I'd to pick two songs for you all to listen to. I would say uh, the most recent releases, I would say Moon Goes Down. And like a Cadillac, and we are going to be at the Down Home Pub Eatery in Quincy, Illinois, this Saturday for the first time in Quincy. So we are super excited to bring our brand of country music and fiddle blazing, banjo string raising, good time stuff to the city of Quincy. I think it's going to be a good time. I appreciate you having me on the podcast and helping get this thing together, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate you, and thanks for being on, and um, I'll just have to say to you, I'm grateful for you being on here, and um, we're just going to let out, and um, I'm actually going to probably um, play a little tune, if you don't mind, from Like yeah, a Cadillac, yeah. because uh, I enjoy I enjoy that uh, song, actually, because I'm a car fan, and that just... Hey, I don't know that just that whole song is what your whole vibes about is telling a story so so there you there you go but anyway this was uh this was fun and this is uh Scott Ferris from uh Midwest Avenue and thanks for being on here man Yeah I appreciate your time
So that was Scott Ferris, and that was a great, excellent interview. And now we're about to just leave this podcast. But, hey, you know, I wanted to end on a great song. And maybe some people, you know, think that it's controversial, but I think it's a pretty good one. So here is, folks, to lead you out of this podcast is Jason Aldean's Try It in a Small Town. for the day a friend is in need and they've come to help it's what this community a lot of our community stand for somebody needs some help you'll get it Thanks for tuning in today on the Maverick Mesmer Management LLC Music Media Podcast out of Iron Horse Studios in Quincy, Illinois. Stay tuned for more epic, excellent episodes.